This is Sean Mandoli, and you're listening to the Hopeland Church Podcast. I hope you encounter God and walk in new levels of freedom as a result of listening to this message. Enjoy. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Hopeland Church. We are in the beginning of a new month right here. So uh, happy May, everybody. May 1st is when we're initially uh, preaching this message. And so we're starting a new series, as you may have seen at the beginning of, of our service today, that the sermon today is joy. We're gonna spend the whole month and just preach and teach on the joy of the Lord. And um, I hope you really get ministered to here in and through this message. So I pray you enjoy it. I pray uh, that this speaks to you. I hope you enjoyed the worship. And so let's get into this. Um, I, know, I know joy is like a common word in um, you know the church and in teaching and preaching and worship songs and everything like that. But um, I, I hope even this month that you see just there's, there's layers to this. Uh, there's depth to this. It's not just, you know, happy-go-lucky. Um, but this is truly um, a very powerful spiritual um, principle and, and a characteristic of God. So, so here we go. We're going to jump right in, guys. I, I'm, I'm stoked to be here with you. So let me pray, and, and then we'll, we'll dive into the Word of God. So, Father, we thank you for your Word, and uh, we pray you just speak to us. We pray that there is divine impartation. We pray that there is change. We pray that things change in us, that we are changed, that I pray that we see uh, by the Spirit as a result of this word what we haven't been seeing. I pray that we receive a confidence in God and in Christ that maybe we were lacking prior to this message. God, I pray that you would stir uh, the calling and the gift inside of everybody uh, as a result of hearing the word today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right, so let's do this. We're gonna just look at uh, different scriptures in the in the Old Testament and the New Testament concerning joy. We have all month, so I kind of, just so you know, I've studied and prayed a bit, so kind of have an idea for the month of kind of how we'll go about really teaching uh, joy. And um, so today is gonna be um, uh, just certain aspects of what joy is. And I may not go kind of the traditional or uh, route of maybe what you thought per se. Hopefully this is something new for you um, and may, maybe not joy itself being new, but just maybe just certain aspects of how we're going to teach this today. So let's turn in our Bibles. Acts chapter 2 verse 28. Acts 2 28. This is when Peter is preaching. He's actually quoting um, a verse, uh, part, part of a verse out of uh, Psalm 16. And, and here it is, Acts 2.28, um, and this was, this was what he was preaching and, and quoting the, the Psalms here. But Acts 2.28, you have made known to me the ways of life. You will make me full of joy in your presence, okay? So I'm going to talk about two main things today, and one of them is this, which is our first point. We're just jumping right in, is that there is joy in God alone. Okay, joy in God alone. Let me read that verse again. 
Joy in God alone. Acts 2.28, you have made known to me the ways of life. All right. You have made known to me the ways of life. You will make me full of joy in your presence. So joy in God alone. So we just want to start there. This one might be a little bit more familiar with us, of course, um, but jo full of joy in your presence. And also, I'm just going to read it out of Psalm 16 as well, which is a very familiar verse when it comes to joy, but Psalm 16, verse 11. Let me read this, and then we'll kind of teach on this a little bit. But Psalm 16, verse 11, you will show me the path of life in your presence is fullness of joy at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. So you will make known the path of life in your presence is fullness of joy. And then Peter quoted it in this way, you have made known to me the ways of life. You will make me full of joy in your presence. And so I just want to give you the definitions of these words in the Greek or in the, in the Greek, yes, joy. It's the word euphrosune, uh, Euphrosuno, it's where you get the word euphoria, um, but it means this. It means good and well on the inside. It, and so if we were to break down the definition of this word joy here, when it says that God in his presence will make me full of joy, that word joy uh, really means that I am good and I am well in my heart. Like I'm doing good on the inside. All right. And so uh, if you were to break that down in a phrase that is in the scripture as well, we, this is how we would say it. It is well with my soul. So this type of joy is literally what happens in the presence of God. That when we are in his presence in worship, in prayer, or just he just happens to make himself known by his presence in your life, whether you're gathering at church and worshiping with God's people, you're hearing the word, or you're just going about your day and God literally touches you with his presence. And right there, this type of joy, you will find nowhere else in this world, okay? So when we talk about the joy of the Lord, we're just starting off on just the foundation that there is a joy, euphrosune, a euphoria, if you will, okay, that only comes from his presence, that when he makes himself known, we are full of joy. We are absolutely well and good and fine on the inside. It is well with my soul. And this word, uh, you, you, you for soon, it, it's two words. It's good and it's an area around the heart. Like I'm good in the area around my heart. Somebody say, thank you, Lord, for joy. All right, thank you, Lord, for joy. And this word presence, I wanna read this. I really wanna teach us here before we get into some other things, but here it is. I'm gonna give you the definition of this word presence. It's, it's, it's a very uh, powerful and, and, and dynamic word, and it is the Greek word pro, pro, prosopon, prosopon. Okay, and this is what it means in the Greek. It means to become seen and appear, to be in, to be advantageous for. Okay, um, it means this. This is what the word presence means when speaking of that he makes me full of joy in his presence. 
This word presence also means to interface with. And it implies interaction and reciprocity. Uh, this word indicates an active in exchange, like, like in God's presence, it, it, being in God's presence in that if we can say that God is present, I mean, he's in all places at all times, but this is unique. This isn't just that he is everywhere at all times. This is that he makes himself known in a specific geography. This is that he is actually interfacing with. He, this implies um, interaction. It's not just that he sees and hears and knows everything at all times and what everybody's doing at all times of all time, right? Like he's all-knowing, all he's omnipresent and, 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 and um, omniscient. He is all-knowing and he is present everywhere at all times. But this is different. This is he chooses to appear so that we benefit. He chooses to make himself known so that we benefit. That's what it means. It, it, this is a, a, a word that, that, that implies, by definition, this indicates some kind of active exchange on God's part and ours. This implies that God's desire is to reveal himself to us in his presence and commune with us, fellowship with us, and make an exchange, an interaction, that there is reciprocity, there is an exchange. Actually, one of the definitions of the word prayer in the scriptures means a literal exchange. It means to exchange my wishes for his. That's what happens at the altar. That's what happens in his presence. God's like, I'm gonna make myself known to give you some of me, to reveal myself to you. I am making myself known in your presence. God's, God's saying that to us so that we can benefit from him. So, so when you're experiencing God's presence, and this is why we need his presence, is because that he is appearing to us for our benefit. That's what this means, okay? We're talking about joy now. But I'm telling you, we need to be in the presence of God and get in the presence of God regularly. Um, it also means this, that he is making himself known to you so you can commune with him and he with you. Here's the, here's the next one. This is, this is um, what happens when we experience God's presence and this is why we need his presence is that when God appears, he's always there to interact and exchange with you, and he is encouraging reciprocity. God in his presence fills us with joy, why? Because he makes himself known. He steps into our world at a moment in time and he appears and he reveals who he is to us. We need his presence. We need his presence. Now, in Psalm, he's quoting, it's interesting, it's kind of cool how you can have something obviously written in um, Hebrew or Aramaic in the Old Testament um, or, you know, Hebrew, the Hebrew language in, in Psalms here. And then, and it's the same verse that Peter's quoting, but it's got the Greek language. It's kind of cool because there's layers to the definition here. But but in Psalm 1611, where it says, you, sh you will show me the path of life in your presence is fullness of joy at your right hand or pleasures forevermore. This word 
um, uh, joy here in the Hebrew actually means, this is an interesting word here, it means to spin around. Um, and and this, this is interesting, to spin around under the influence of a violent emotion. Okay, and so I mean that's a pretty intense thing. So joy at times is, can be can be very expressive, demonstrative, and 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 for lack of a uh, of a term, and I know many times we use the word violent in a negative way, and, and it is and can be used that way. But this is speaking of a joy that actually has this element of violence to it, not violence to people or violence to yourself that would ha to harm. It's just. Um, I believe it's just it's just so expressive that it can it can be violent in a sense um, against the works of darkness. That that joy is is a powerful force, and it literally to spin around under the influence uh, of a violent emotion. I believe that when we get in God's presence, we can become under the influence of of God's presence, and that joy can be. Um, uh, very expressive and demonstrative. And you know, e even in the New Testament, when you saw see people that got healed, I mean, the, the man at the gate, beautiful, that got healed when, when Peter, Peter uh, John, you know, uh, pulled him up and he, 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 he was uh, lame from birth, right? And, and there he got healed. He was leaping and praising God. Um, you know, that there is this emotion, this, that, that, that you know, it means to be exceedingly glad. This word in the Hebrew, um, it's 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 gul, um, at g i y l, and it means greatly joyful. It means to rejoice. All right, it means to rejoice. So 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 God's presence, um, it, you know, it's it is literally um, that joy in God alone. That there is a joy that is for us from God that only comes from. His presence. All right, here's a couple more verses. Um, a couple more verses. Psalm 35, verse 9. I'm going to read these quickly just so we can see a few. I mean, there's a million verses, not a million, but hundreds, literally hundreds of verses on joy and rejoicing. We do not have time to read them all, but hundreds. But Psalm 35, verse 9 says this, and my soul shall be joyful in the Lord. There is joy in God alone. My, and my soul shall be joyful in the Lord. It shall rejoice in his salvation. Somebody say with me, say joy in God alone. Here's another one. Psalm chapter 43, verse four. Psalm 43, verse four. Then I will go to the altar of God. He's speaking of his presence. It's speaking of a place of worship. It's speaking of a place of prayer. It's speaking of a place of, uh, you know, of a secret place, a private place, a place to go before God. It's speaking of God's presence. Then I will go to the altar of God and uh, to God, what's it say here? My exceeding joy, all right? My exceeding joy. And on the harp, I will praise you, oh God, my God. Okay, so here we go. Uh, you know, I'm gonna go to the altar of God. I'm here to tell you right now, you know, you, you might be going through something and I'll say this, if you're not going through something now, there, there, there comes a season and time where, you, where we go through things, but I'm here to encourage you today is that no matter where you are, what you're going through, make sure you do as the psalmist said here, I will go to the altar of God. I will get alone with God. 
I will make some time for God. I will shut out all of everything else that's going on in my life, in my world. For a moment, I will go to the altar of God. Why? Because there's joy in God alone. Why? Because to God, my exceeding joy. What am I going to do there? I'm going to get on my harp. I don't have a harp. Don't know how to play the harp. But I will praise you, oh God, my God. Uh, we got to have a radical uh, root system uh, of absolute and total devotion to God. I'm telling you, it's people that make time for God, that get in that secret place, that close the door, and that spend time with God, that find themselves um, experiencing walking in and 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 being changed by His presence and walking and 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 living in the joy of the Lord. You got to get to that altar, folks. You got to get you, you got to make some time for God alone. Amen. And so check this out. We just read a few verses from Psalm. Okay, there, there's way too many in there. Like joy and rejoice. Okay, those two words um, are, are like over 500 times in the Bible easily. And, and that's not even maybe where some versions might use a different type of word. That's one version of just doing a word search on joy and rejoice over 500 times. They each are like 200 something plus times. Okay. Um, but if you look at that joy and rejoice, guess what? Of all the books in the Bible, where do you think you, you would find it the most? In what book? In what book? And I, I, I don't know, I, I'm sure some of you got it right. All right, so you passed the test today. But no, what is it? Psalms, okay, Psalms, you know? And I, and I was like, man, that's, that's so powerful. That's so interesting to me because I was thinking about this and going, wow, because Psalms is, a, is interesting because Psalms are songs, it's worship, it's praise. But in that, joy and rejoicing's in there, in that book more than any other book, okay? And um, in Psalms is also the full range of emotion. Can I get an amen? I mean, you read how troubled, um, hurt, and perplexed God's people were at times when they wrote these, right? Like, like you know, and this is the point, you know, why is joy in there? with all of that other stuff, anger, rage, hate, um, rejection, um, you know, all of the doubt, unbelief. I mean, everything is in Psalms, okay? Even a large portion of Psalms are called lament Psalms, which are songs of sorrow, of, of, of being hurt, of trouble, okay? So why is joy in there? in the midst of all that, because joy is not the absence of mistakes, not the absence of trouble, trial, or problems. Come on, somebody. Joy isn't something like, oh, they have joy. They, they don't have problems. No, joy in the midst of trial, joy in the midst of trouble, joy in the midst of mistakes, joy before, during, and after my mistakes. All right, joy is not that I don't have issues. Joy is not that this walk of faith and obedience is easy, right? Joy is still there in the middle of my human mess. So this is the point that joy is from his presence. Joy is from God. Joy is 
part of who God is. That's why when we discover him, we find joy. It's not like joy is the North Star of our pursuit. Um, Jesus is. And when we get him, when we find him, when we commune with him, because he is joy. Uh, when we find him, joy is there. When we find him, peace is there. When we find him, deliverance is there. When we find him, healing is there. Wherever Jesus is, everything we have need of is there. And joy is one of those things that we need. Hallelujah. All right. So let me read this one again. Psalm 1611. This is actually, um, Psalm 1611 is actually uh, a verse that uh, my wife has been um, helping our kids memorize. Um, it's one because they're, they're, they're learning the fruit of the spirit. And this particular verse is the fruit of joy. Okay. And so their, their version's a little diff, different. I think theirs is, you reveal the path of life to me. In your presence is abundant joy. Yeah, so that's why I had to say it like that because that's how they say it and help me remember, remember it. I don't know what version that is, but sounds good to me. But Psalm 1611, you shall, you will show me the path of life. Gotta get in his presence. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm here to tell you, I'm here to tell you today that the, the joy of the Lord is there in his presence. If you're lacking joy, if you're like, man, I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not so joyful about the will of God. I'm not so joyful about the word of God. I'm not so joyful about the presence of God. I'm not so joyful about my, 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 my connection and fellowship with other believers. Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not so joyful about that right now. I'm here to tell you right now that the, the remedy is this. It's simple. It's simple. It's let's, let's get in his presence. Let's get in the presence of God and we will find joy every time. All right. Joy in his presence. Joy in God alone. That's it. That's it right there. All right. Now we're going to go on to the next one here. And here, and now I'm going to just give you the, the next point and then we're going to kind of go into this. But here it is, and I'm going to explain this, but there is joy in your assignment. I, I'm here to say that there's joy found in two things. And I, I know these can be worded differently and taught differently, but, but, but I, I believe the principle of this is that in his presence, which is relationship, that's where joy is. That's where joy is. Um, and in your assignment, um, Living in God's plan for your life, doing what God has called you to do. There is, there is no joy outside of the will of God. Um, it's interesting how people will confess Christ and come to a revelation of Jesus. And then they lose joy because they resist the will of God. They, they, they resist obedience, All right. And I know we've all had moments where we do that. And I'm here to tell you right now, when we avoid the will of God, when we push against God's will for our life, whether that's what he's calling us to do just daily in, in fellowship with him, or it's literally 
this act of obedience, whether it's a community, a local church community to connect with, whether it's uh, connecting with the right people, whether it's, um, you know, just really hearing his voice and following. When we push against that, when we resist that, when we drag our heels in the sand toward the will of God, when we try to sidestep the will of God, we are literally avoiding the joy of the Lord, okay? Because there is joy in your divine assignment, okay? Now, I'm gonna break this down, okay? I'm gonna, I'm gonna really break this down. So uh, before we get into some verses, and this is why uh, joy is always in your assignment. It's always in what God has designed you to do, all right? It is always there. And so, because the word joy in the Greek, okay, the word grace and the word gifts all come from the same Greek root word, which is coming from a word kara. And then there's a, an iteration of that for each of them. There's karis, there's charisma, there's kara. They all are the same word in the Greek, which and that word in the scriptures is grace. You'll see the word grace. You'll see the word favor. You'll see the word joy. And you'll see the word like spiritual gifts. They all literally mean the same thing. Okay? And, and this is why. This is why. Because your assignment is really three things. Okay? Your divine assignment has these three elements to them. And we're going to look in the scripture. And we're going to see how... These three things, you'll find grace, you'll find favor, you'll find joy, and you'll find gifts. And in these three things, you're, you, you know, you're, you're going to see how um, scripturally, how your assignment is really not, it's not a complex, mysterious thing, okay? It's not a complex, your divine assignment. Uh, let, let me say it a different way. The call of God in your life. Let me say it a different way. The anointing of God on your life. Let me say it a different way. The will of God for your life. Okay, say it however you want it. I'm just saying assignment because it kind of maybe fits like the way we're talking about this today. But there's three things to your divine assignment. Number one is grace. Okay, number one is grace. Okay, and that is that is the Greek word charis. C-H-A-R-I-S. Charis. Okay, Kadis. So there is grace. What does that mean? That your your assignment, the call of God, the anointing, it's not about you. It's not about your education. It's not about what you did. It's not about what you do. It's not about your discipline. The call of God is a grace. It is literally God in his infinite wisdom saying, I am calling this person to do this. And I'm giving them the grace to do it. I'm giving them the Kadis. What is karis? Divine enablement. It is an endowment, okay? So it is a divine endowment. It is divinity resting on humanity for some cause, okay? Everybody say grace. So in the call of God, there in the assignment of God, number one, there's grace. And that literal word is karis, 
Okay, we're gonna talk about this. You're graced, you're gifted by God, okay? There is divinity in you and on you. What is that? It's the divine grace of God. All right, the next thing, what is my assignment? What does it look like? What What else? So, okay, here I am, Pastor Sean. I got the grace. I got the anointed. You know what I'm saying? I got, I'm anointed and appointed, right? You know, people always used to say, I'm too anointed to be disappointed, right? So, okay, I got the oil upon me, right? I am called. I'm endowed. I'm filled. I, I you know, so what's next? Then well, we're going to look at this in the scriptures. But there is, in the assignment, there's people. Okay, now specifically today, what we're talking about is there's a people you're called to. There's a grace on your life for somebody. There is a grace on your life. There's a people you're called to. So there is in the call of God, grace or divinity. It's him, not us. It's on us. It's up from him. It's not of us. We are the branches. He is the vine. You know what I'm saying? So when you as a branch get engrafted into the vine, guess what? That divine virtue starts going into that branch. Somebody say grace. His name is Jesus. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in this mortal body. And, and I, I have now immortal uh, nature of God on the inside of me. This, this, this mortal one day in eternity will put on immortality, but this humanity has housed and is housing divinity um, by way of Christ more specifically, the Holy Spirit. Somebody say grace. So there's divinity. Next thing, people. There is, in the call of God, there is an anthropology. There is a people. Okay, there is a people that you're called to reach and touch and bless. The last thing here, when, when it comes to your assignment, okay, there is a place. Okay, every assignment, every divine assignment has these three things. There's a grace. Number one, primero. Numero uno, grace, caris, anointing, presence from God to do it, grace. Number two, there's a people, okay? There's a people. I'm here to tell you right now that you are here in the earth for somebody. You are in here in the earth for somebody, okay? We don't live unto ourselves and for ourselves. We live first and foremost unto God and secondarily people. That is the two greatest commandments. Love the Lord thy God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. The divine assignment is that there is a people. There is There are people attached, connected to your obedience. You're called to touch somebody. You are called to be the hands and feet of Jesus to somebody. Somebody say grace. Somebody say people. The last one, place. I already said this. I'm just reiterating these. There's a place. Your assignment it's found in a specific locale. There's a place, there's, there's somewhere, there's, there's a place, right? Our assignment isn't to drift off into the woods and to be in solitude of the rest of our lives. No, there's an actual place where people are. There's a place. So in the divine assignment, there's divinity, which is his presence on and in us. Number two, there's a people we're called to touch. Number three, there is a geography. There is a place, there is a, there is a literal place. All right, so let's look at this, grace. Somebody say grace. Let's look at this. He, Ephesians chapter three. We're going to look at these now in detail in the scripture. Ephesians chapter three, verse one to three. Uh, for this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of, of Christ Jesus, for, for you Gentiles. All right, for you Gentiles. 
for you Gentiles, people. Okay, I'm gonna talk about grace, but right here it's speaking. There's a literal people he was called to. It says, if indeed you've heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which here it is, listen to this, listen to this. Verse two, Ephesians 3, 2, with grace of God, grace of God, which was given to me for you. Somebody say, my assignment is attached to somebody. Say it again, say, my assignment is attached to somebody. Okay, now this word grace, once again, caris, it's the same word for joy. I'm here to tell you right now, you are only going to find joy in your grace. What do I mean by your grace? Of course, it's God's grace, but what I mean by your grace is where and who God has called you to reach. It's your grace. A lot of people, you know, um, uh, you know, based on what's happened the last couple of years are just, uh, you know, I, I, there's people in the Christian world that, that are like, you know, they're, they're, they're kind of tripping out on, on, on a city like LA because of, um, maybe, maybe, uh, they're, they're, they live in a different county or a different place. So they're, you know, I've had dudes try to tell me, Hey man, get out of that city. You know, like it's, you know, it's almost like how people say, man, uh, California's full of wickedness. You know what I mean? It's gonna, it's gonna break off and fall into the ocean. You know, God's gonna, God's gonna judge them or, you know, um, you know, and it's like, oh man. And I, I have friends, I, I know people that have lived here for years and they're like dipping out, right? They're, they're like moving to Texas or whatever. That's fine. That's cool. But this is the thing. You got to know where you're called to be. There, there's a geography. I'm called to be here. I want to be here. I don't want to leave. I want to be here. Hallelujah. Look at uh, your assignment doesn't need to agree with everybody else. Um, they might look at LA ain't for you. That's fine, but it's for me. I remember, you know what I'm saying? When when uh, before I even lived here and I was pastoring here because I was driving up here and I was working at, a, at another church in Orange County and this was a church plant of that church. But every time I'd roll up into the city, I'd get on the 101, you know what I'm saying? And I'd be driving, uh, take not the 101. Yeah, yeah. Well, taking the five, then you, right when you jump on the 101, it's kind of East LA interchange right there. Man, my spirit would just get, start getting stirred up right before I took an exit right there on First Street. Uh, right here where our church is on First Street, we're right off the 101 here, uh, like right off the freeway, the 10 right there. Like any time I was just in this geography, I was like, man, I got I to gotta, I gotta move up here. There's, you know, this is where I'm called. You got to know that geography. I had people during COVID, man, get out of there. You know, it's a, and I'm like, and I even, I even messaged this person back. I'm like, is that what Paul did when, it, when, when stuff was popping off? Is that what the apostle Paul did? Is that what he did? He, you know, did he, did he just bail out of like the Roman empire and the rule of just because no, he stayed like, you know what I'm saying? So, so the point is this, is you got to know your geography. Where, where are you called to be? Right. There, there, there's something to that. There is something to that. That's where your grace is. But here it is. Verse two, again, if indeed this is Ephesians three, verse two, if indeed you've heard the, of the disposition of the grace of God, which was given to me for you. Why geography? Is it about the geography per se? No, it's that the people you're called to are there. That's why, all right? And verse three, it says, how that by revelation he made known to me the mystery as I have briefly written already. All right, let's look at another one. Acts chapter 20, verse 24, and here's Paul. Check this out. But, and he's talking about persecution here. He's actually speaking to the, uh, to the leaders of the Ephesian church, and he's not gonna see them again, and he wanted to just deposit some things, kind of minister to these leaders and speak on a, on a leadership level to them, Acts 20. That's what happened. Verse 24, this is in the middle of his message to them. And he says, but none of these things move me. None of the persecution moves me. 
uh, nor do I count. None of it moves me. You, where you're graced, persecution won't move you. Come on, somebody. Where you're graced, trouble won't move you. Where you're great, why? Joy is there. Joy in the middle of it, joy is still there. Why? Grace, grace, caris, same as joy, kara, joy and grace are inseparable. It's not one without the other. You know what I'm saying? Where, where I'm in, when I'm in my grace, I got joy. When I got joy, I'll tell you what, I'm in my grace. All right, but none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself so that I may finish my race with what? Joy, there it is, Kara. The divine, you know, the divine nature. I, I got joy, God is here with me, okay? God is here with me. I, 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 I'm being persecuted, it's trouble, it's been some battles, but none of it moves me. I'm in my grace. I, God is leaning in my direction. So this word, Kara, Karis, Karisma, if you look at it, it's really the divine. That's what it means, divine. So now we use different words for it. We say joy. We say rejoice. At times that word rejoice is coming from that, that we are expressing um, a joy and an exuberance because of the divine presence, right? So grace is divine ability. Kara, um, joy is divine um, happiness, if you will. Uh, you know, gifts are divine endowments of an ability to serve somebody. That's why people are joyful when they are serving others in their gift. It's not about the gift. It's not about the gift. It's not about the operation of the gift. It's not about, oh, I'm pro-spiritual gifts and they're not pro-spiritual gifts. They're, they believe in cessation. They cease with the apostles and we believe. No, okay, I, I understand those arguments, but the point is the reason why gifts are important is because it is the divine nature. It is charisma. It is the divine extending himself toward humanity through us, how be it prophecy, um, word of knowledge, word of wisdom, the, uh, the gifts of healing, spiritual gifts, tongues, interpretation of tongues. It's not about the gift. It's about the divine nature. It's about charisma. It is about the divine presence of God. And so they all are connected. That I might finish my race with joy and the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Joy in the Greek, kara. It's all tied up, folks. This is all connected. Joy Gifts, grace, and favor, they all mean the same thing. Specifically, kara, joy. This is what he said. Paul said that I might finish my race with joy. I just want to say this as a caveat. Little side note here is that when we have the presence of God and we are in our grace, we don't have to just start with joy. We can finish with joy. I believe that we don't have to end life sad, end life broken, end life, end this thing, this life, our existence on the earth broke down and busted. I believe according to the, the, the word of God here that we can finish our race with joy. All right, so this word joy means kara. It's to recognize grace and rejoice because of grace. So joy, that's why people that have recognized have discovered the grace of God on their life, have discovered their spiritual gifts. That's why they're so happy. And I'm gonna use that word happy loosely, but you know what I'm saying. That's why they're joyful. 
because joy is the recognition of grace. When you recognize spiritual gifts, when you recognize that thing you're called to do, when you recognize the people you're called to reach, I'm telling you what, that's where joy is. And if we were to just encapsulate all of this in one statement, the assignment, joy, grace, gifts, what is that? That is uh, foundationally, comprehensively, it is obedience. That's what it is. It is submission to the will of God. When you submit to the will of God, joy is there. When you submit to the will of God, your gifts are gonna operate. When you submit to the will of God, you're gonna recognize grace. When you recognize grace, you're gonna be joyful and you're gonna rejoice. When you recognize your grace, you will have joy. When you're in obedience, you are in your grace. And when you're in your grace, you will have joy. I believe we don't have to just start with joy, but we can finish with joy. There's people, there's people you're called to. Here we go, I'm gonna go quickly. I'm just gonna read a couple more verses here. First Thessalonians 2, verses 19 to 20. Look at this, look at this. For what is our hope or joy? Somebody say joy. What is our kada? What is that recognition of grace for us? Paul's talking to the church in Thessalonica who were grievously persecuted to where the church had to actually help Paul get out of that region for a moment and send Timothy there because he was about to be killed. For what is our hope or our joy or crown of rejoicing? What is it? What is it? What is it? Is it not even you? Somebody say people. Somebody say I'm called to somebody. Somebody say I am called for somebody. Somebody say I will be the hands and feet of Jesus to somebody. Somebody say people. It says is it not even you in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ that is coming for you? For you are our glory and joy. Somebody say joy. You are my joy. Why? Because I'm called to minister to you. Why? Because God's graced me to do it. Why? I, you know, that's why people, you know, you know, even in, um, in kind of the, uh, um, in the, in the, in the, in the realm, in the, in the, uh, of mental health and mental health and re- rehabilitation and, and helping people with mental illness. And, um, look, I'm not a, a social worker, or a psychiatrist or psychologist by any means, but I know that in the framework of that, for certain environments of helping people with mental health and mental illness, one of the things that's in there is for them to find somewhere to help or volunteer. Why? It's, we were created like this. We were created to, to serve people. In, in our human nature, even, we find happiness in helping others. And you got to know who those people are. God, show me. Who am I called to? And that is how God operates. That is how the anointing of God operates. That the anointing isn't on you just for you. It is on you for somebody else. They said, who are you? Paul told them, you are. You Thessalonian church, you are. You are my glory and joy. Here's another one. 3 John 1.4. Quickly, 3 John 1.4. I have no greater joy. Somebody say joy. Somebody say kara. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. All right, that's coming from a true pastor right there. That's coming through from a true pastor, that there's a joy that that that, 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 that John had in that his, his children, and presumably this is like those he is mentoring and pastoring and leading in, in, in spiritual matters. He's like, man, I have no greater joy than them walking in truth. God desires, this, this is it, this is the point. God desires to position us with those we genuinely care about. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Thank you, Lord. Here we go. My last verse. Here it is. This is place. Acts 19.21. Acts 19.21. When these things were accomplished, Paul purposed in the spirit when he had passed through Macedonia and Acacia to go to Jerusalem saying, this is very interesting. We're talking about a geography that God puts you in. After I have been there, I must also see Rome. All right, let me pray for you guys. Father, I just thank you, Lord, right now. I thank you, Lord, for your joy. I just pray that you would just uh, stir joy in us in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for the joy of God, the joy of heaven, the joy that comes from Christ alone, the joy that comes from your presence alone, God. We just thank you for the joy of the Lord. And God, I pray right now in Jesus' name that 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 we you would supernaturally line us up, God. I pray that you would, by your grace, line us up in our grace to the people we're called to in the geography you've called us to be. We just thank you, Lord, for the time, the place, and the people, and the grace to do it. And God, I pray that we would have willing hearts, that we would be willing, that we would count the cost and say, as Paul said in Acts 20, none of these things move me, that I might finish my race with joy. I just pray this for everybody today in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. I hope you enjoyed the message. And my prayer is that you will change your world as a result. If you're ever in the LA area, join us for one of our weekend gatherings. And don't forget to follow us on social media. Peace.